Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Today, a Minister for Children, Roderick O'Gorman, said that a new financial redress scheme for the survivors of mother and baby homes will be the largest in the history of the state. In terms of the number of beneficiaries, he said it's a a wide scheme. He unveiled it yesterday. It's set to benefit 34,000 survivors and the value of the fund is 800 million euro. Announcing the details on Tuesday, the minister said that all mothers who spent time in institutions would be eligible for payments ranging from 5,000 euro through to 65,000 euro, depending on how long they were there for. Under the scheme, there'll also be an enhanced medical card for everyone who was a resident in a home for more than in six months and a work-related payment for women who were resident in certain institutions for more than three months and who, of course, as part of their incarceration, let's call it what it was there, uh, undertook what might be termed commercial work. It was very much commercial work. I think, you know, there's no grey areas around that. All children who spent six months or more in an institution and who did not previously receive redress will be eligible for payment based on their length of stay as well. Children who were sent to live with families or boarded out, as it was called in the day, will be ineligible unless they spent the first six months in a home. The department acknowledging yesterday that that would be very disappointing for some. The stipulation that children must have spent at least six months in a mother and baby home to qualify for redress has left adoptee survivors devastated, according to them. Uh, the Minister, Roderick O'Gorman, saying that he understands the disappointment, uh, but that his understanding of, is it, of it was that, that they were, uh, this being the children who, who would have been there, um, were more interested in information and access to their records than financial uh, compensation or redress. I'm joined on the line now by Clodagh Malone, who's the founder of Beyond Adoption. Clodagh, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us on the Nile Boylan show today. So we've had the big announcement. You've waited long enough and we've had uh, the details um, from Minister Roderick O'Gorman yesterday. Uh, he's outlining how it's the biggest uh, scheme in terms of, of redress and benefit for 34,000 people. But it has not gone down well uh, with you and other people who had a history in um, these institutions. Well, good afternoon and thank you for having me. Um, firstly, you know, we have been sold up the river. And it has gone to the core of particularly adoptees. And certainly the way that it has been drawn up is very sly or very clever. Um, certainly with saying 34,000 survivors. It, like most of us in the 60s and 70s were adopted out at say six weeks. I was 10 weeks. We were currency for the state and government. We also were experimented on, you know, um, the nuns benefited greatly from that. Also, the trauma of um, being separated from your birth mother, that never leaves you the post-traumatic stress. Mm. Now, as a search angel, I reunite people with their birth certificates and whatever, you know, Tusla come back with the redaction or whatever. But you've got to remember the trauma as well. When we're searching for our families, like my name was... Aileen McCabe and it was changed at 10 weeks old when I went to my you know forever home respectable married parents you know and when you're looking for your family you're going through the trauma of almost being grateful to be adopted and then you're getting redacted you know stuff back from Tusla and that really is very traumatic for 
survivors, not knowing your medical history. Mm. I don't know my medical history. I only got some of it last year. So with certainly working in the community, most of these birth mothers are dead or will be dead by 2023. And that's why I say it goes to the core. Um, and you can hear, though, I'm very passionate about mm. survivors. It is all done wrong. You know, seven million a year it was for the Commission of Inquiry. Talking shop after talking shop. And and you feel, am I right in saying that, you know, the Commission of Inquiry, even there's dispute about the Commission's findings per se? Well, certainly I went in myself, you know, to the Commission. And the reason that, I suppose, there was only about seven, I think under 800 went into the Commission of Inquiry. Again, as a search angel, a lot of people don't know that they were born in mother and baby homes. I went in, I went in twice as part of the Coalition of Mother and Baby Homes and then on my own, my own story. I swore in the Bible, but I had my, I suppose, testimony typed up because I knew they'd pull a fast one. But certainly with the findings, you know, the, the one thing I suppose that Roger O'Gorman has done is that he's taken away, I suppose, the statue of the 1974, you know, that, that's when the unmarried mother's allowance came in, that women that were in the home after that. But look, it's a waste of time. The whole thing, I mean, certainly the people of Ireland, the, their tax money, they were scammed. You know, and, and then to say that they lost our testimonies, then they found our testimonies. Like, Mother and Baby Homes is like four seasons in one day for us. Mm. And I mean, look, some people who maybe aren't familiar with the trauma that so many women and now subsequently their children have had forced upon them uh, by this institution, these institutions, the running of them and the way that they were, you know, essentially state-led We'll look, we'll, look, we'll look at figures like, oh, you were in a mother and baby home and you're going to get walk away with 65,000. And, and some people will think that headline figure of uh, 800 million um, is a huge amount of money uh, for, for what you, people like you, and the mothers who gave birth to you uh, went through. That 800 million will barely be touched by the time that they pay out survivors. And anybody who's listening, if they want to look and see the graph, they must have had a mathematician that was struck by, you know, some kind of during COVID times or whatever, because the way that it's done, like how can you equate a child that was there for, say, five months and three and a half weeks? Mm. Well, you don't have the trauma of another child that was there for six months. Mm. Certainly the rate of suicide in particularly adoptees and severe addiction is very high. It's much higher than people that were born into, that were kept with their birth family. The up to 10 years is a cut. No child was ever in an institution, for t- apart from, sorry, the, insti- the residential institutions. Mother and baby homes only kept children for the longest was four years, nine months, which is a commercial lease. Then those children went out to industrial schools. I only know of one man that was in there for that time. Generally, the children went on. They were boarded out or they went to the industrial schools very quickly. Sadly, with mixed race children and certainly children that were handicapped, they were treated appallingly. Where are we leaving them? So anybody, it's a cut. Uh, so do you, do you feel that uh, in the fullness of time, Clodagh, that this 800 million pot, it, a lot of the money is going to end up sitting in it? That it Absolutely. won't actually be yes. paid out? 
it won't be paid out. The way that it's done, and certainly we're trying to get a meeting with Minister O'Gorman, because, you know, the Minister for Children, he obviously hasn't read it right, what happened in mother and baby homes. Oak Recruiting, they had another talking shop there. They had the um, consultation talks. No, it, they know with, certainly with us, myself, and other adoptees, we are the main ones that are still living. Thankfully, most of us are still living 60s and 70s. We went out, as I said, like fatted calves because we were currency. And many of the women, let's not forget, uh, who, were, who were in mother and baby homes are extremely elderly or already dead. Is there an inheritance claim for their children uh, and, and not necessarily the children who would have been in the mother and baby home and adopted out, but, but their families, their, you know, the, the, the other parts of their families that they may have gone on to have after they'd gotten out of the mother and baby homes? Again, it's a very grey area and I don't want to say, I suppose, on the radio because, again, it's very tricky. I don't want to give people hope or upset people or whatever. It's looking like no but certainly I would have to read it more kind of into it. Uh, but, like, you've got to remember, I suppose, look at the women that went to England, that fled to England and were incarcerated in mother and baby homes. And certainly with my own mother, went to uh, London to flee the claw of the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and she presented herself, she was a young girl, um, to uh, Catholic Rescue Protection. They put her on a boat with another girl, young girl, who was pregnant by a priest, and they incarcerated them into St. Patrick's. So certainly the Catholic Church and government were very eager to get Irish children, you know, back, because they didn't want Protestants getting their hands on Catholic children over in England. So what went on with De Valera, we could be talking all day, certainly what went on, but Minister O'Gorman let down the women of Ireland. And my mother, my birth mother, is still alive and is in very, very poor health and has suffered severe trauma by what she went through in that home. Mm -hmm. And I know there could be little ears, so I won't go into it, Mm -hmm. but she was treated very, very brutally, as the other women were. And at the most vulnerable time, what, you know, giving birth to a child is the most wonderful thing, but they called it a sin. And I just, I don't, like, I'm lucky, you know, I I suppose my adoption was a lot better than other, you know, um, I suppose my fellow crib mates, as we call each other. But, the community is devastated today and, and people are coming out. And I think every one of us wept yesterday. The lack of respect, it's not about the money, Tara. It's about just acknowledging, you know, what happened to us with our start in life. Because adoption is for life. Yeah, absolutely. It's not one trauma that happens. And I gave an interview yesterday and said, well, when did this start for you? You know, it started from the day of my birth and of my fellow cribmates. Their life was chosen for them. We did nothing wrong. We committed no sin. But we just want acknowledgement. The medical card, I really was hoping that we would get the medical card because our health is so poor. You know, we were fed from the age of six weeks, force-fed, and we were given gone-off food, went into St. Patrick's. We didn't have a great start in life. And just to give, I suppose, fellow survivors respect and dignity. And that's what we deserve. Talk to me a little bit about, um, I mean, you know, the, the enhanced medical card that is being offered to some as part of this redress scheme. Have, yeah. Has there ever been any offer of psychological supports for those of you involved? 
<laughs> well, they have um, they have a counsellor, you know, that you ring. It's a HSE number. But you've got to remember, survivors, we don't trust anybody kind of in government or that's linked up to the government or, you know, the Catholic Church. So generally, a lot of survivors have had to pay out for their own kind of counselling. And many, most survivors have had to go through some psychological help somewhere in their life. So certainly... Yeah, there is an offer there, whatever. It's not being utilised by survivors. It's a lack of trust. Okay, and also just from from my own experience of of having spoken to women, actually not in this country, funnily enough, in New Zealand, who were in very similar institutions and grew up in the same. It's often, in actual fact, as well, the children that they go on to have in future marriages and stuff also suffer huge trauma because their mothers are so psychologically damaged because of what they went through that it's meted out in them, you know, either intentionally in some cases and unintentionally because maybe, you know, the the mother is dealing with addiction issues, as you as you correctly suggest, or depression or post-traumatic stress disorder or whatever. So that's a, a whole other part of, of this story that, that's rarely discussed or, or rarely highlighted. Highlighted. What now, Cloda? Uh, you know, this is uh, essentially been presented to you as a fait accompli. Um, you know, Roderick O'Gorman seemingly uh, quite proud of, of, of what uh, has been, been managed, uh, what he's managed to put together here. So where's, where's the redress on the redress for you? Well, I was talking to our solicitor last night. Uh, firstly, thank you for saying that, Tara, about the trauma. It's very important, you know, to point out that our children have had intergenerational trauma and I have grandchildren and I don't want that to carry on. Yeah. Uh, certainly, Roderick O'Gorman, uh, proud, proud of what? And I'm sure the listeners are going, but there's 800 million there. No, no, please listen. That 800 million will not be utilised. It'll be put back into the pot. Generally, about 80% of survivors have been excluded from this redress. It, it's just, it was a talking shop scam Certainly, we're talking about perhaps the UN. Now, remember, we all do this voluntary, you know, and it really chunks into an awful lot of our time. And and we're self-learned, you know, about all the stats and what way we go. Yes, we're thinking UN. We can't lie down. You know, unless we do something, this will happen again. And I see it happening, and that's another uh, conversation that we have, certainly, with Tusla and foster children. But no way, and I said last night, we're not lying down. Certainly Beyond Adoption has 2,000 members, the most um, encompassing group and loveliest group um, on Facebook. Certainly we'll be having a discussion today. What way do we go? We don't want to delay redress for our fellow survivors, but something has to even look an enhanced medical card. But a lot of survivors need that redress money. Or we haven't even touched on the tracing bill you know, and, and searches and all of that. And yes, I thought, of course, because obviously if you've been engaged in that, if, if as somebody who, who finds and discovers that you were born in a mother and baby home, it's your own time, your own effort, your own money that goes into trying to trace who your, your, your mother was and, and where you came from. Well, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time and helping to reunite people in a very gentle way because it's the most traumatic thing that you'll do in your life is searching for yourself. And... Sadly, along the line, very, very sadly, we have had suicides that were engaging, searching for themselves with that department, the tracing bill department. Um, Where do we go from here? Certainly with Tume, they want excavations. There's a lot of in-house fighting. Certainly trauma does meet trauma. Moving forward, uh, certainly, this is not the end, Tara. 
Um, certainly, I, I'm going to keep on, we will keep on going beyond adoption and the coalition as a group together. We'll probably be talking to you maybe next year, but I honestly thought for the elder survivors that I talk to every night that live on their own, mm. that we wouldn't be seeing them into another winter. And, and do, that, you, do you believe now at this stage, Clodagh, that, that, that these women, these are, are much older women, are, are going to be left without the money that in many cases they would have earmarked to leave a few quid for their, uh, their children or, or to bury themselves in actual fact? Well, that's well. what I said in the Irish Times today, you know, and it seems very crass. But we're talking about human beings, you know, and yes, I, I, I do believe that and it really pains us for the elders of our community that are living alone and are, are banking on, as you say, that few quid just to bury themselves. Now, how cruel can that be? And certainly with whatever, you know, in the government are listening today, I hope you're, I hope you're proud of yourself because really it, this is not the end. And certainly you can hear it in my voice. It has been very traumatic. Up half the night talking to survivors, you know, till the early hours of morning. And, you know, certainly they get kind of, I suppose, leery at me. And I totally understand. We get it. But we're all in this together as survivors. Yeah. If any of the listeners want help searching for birth certs or even to know if they were born in a mother and baby home, they can contact me. You can give out my phone number or just join Beyond Adoption for support. Um, it's confidential. We're all in the same boat. OK, just very finally, Cloda, and I mean, there's certainly no doubting your passion and your conviction. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, uh, I think it was, a, a, again, a shock to many of us who maybe followed this announcement yesterday that, that it's only after the event that the Minister for Children, well, Roderick O'Gorman, yeah. has approached the religious orders. Saying well, to them <laughs> that they're, they're, they're hopeful that there will be, you know, a, a, a generous sum provided. So yet again, here we have a situation where there's redress for people who were left living at the hands of religious orders uh, and they're seemingly potentially off the hook again. Absolutely. And, you know, when the Pope came in 2018, we had a private meeting with the Pope and Minister Sapone nearly doorstopped him getting off before he even landed on the soil of Ireland. And she was like, well, you know, we want money. And she was very forthright or whatever. Mm. But it, it just it didn't happen. Now, certainly, again, it's kind of like ACB, isn't it, really? It's, it's all back to front. And I heard that yesterday in a radio interview. He's approaching. So if they turn around and say no. Which is what they've done before. Oh, and they cottage the government before. Um, a lot of these women uh, are elderly nuns that are not even living in Ireland. Certainly the religious orders. Um, again, he got, I don't know. He, he got it wrong because certainly he has spoken to so many of us survivors and we're very articulate and we're very straightforward. Um, he obviously wasn't listening. All right. Uh, Clodagh Malone, uh, founder of Beyond Adoption, thanks very much for joining us on the Niall Boylan Show on Ireland's Classic Hits today. You know, we're talking about generations of uh, of mothers and their children who don't know, um, in many cases, you know, where they came from and are suffering daily trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, some of the sums involved... You know, the highest rate, and as Clodagh pointed out, in many cases, they're sort of, it's a moot point because there won't have been people there for that length of time. €65,000 if you were in uh, one of those mother and baby homes for 10 years max. 
you know, with another 60,000 max if you were there for 10 years plus working, actually working, working to make money for the religious orders and the state. Uh, I think, unfortunately, as Clodagh says, that story is going to run. And uh, look, hopefully, if we do talk to Clodagh Malone next year, it'll be because there have been uh, some more updates. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.